Well, here we go again. Another social distancing podcast. Uh, Mike Ferrari, and I'm glad that Femi lets me do this with him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good afternoon, uh, Mike Ferrari. Another edition of Femi and Ferrari. I always save it for the end, but I might as well put it off at the top as well. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to Femi and Ferrari, Apple, Google, Spotify, whichever your heart chooses to do. Uh, So subscribe, rate, and review, support the pod, and here we go, Mike. It's a uh, week three and a half, I believe, or so, or maybe week four. I think this might be the the the, the third week of I, social distancing that we've got going on. I've I've honestly lost track of the days at this point, but all I know is that it's April second. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I look at my I look at my dogs daily. I, I love my dogs. I get to hang out with them a lot lately, and I think, wow. So this is what a dog year feels like. So it feels like, <laughs> Pretty you know, much. it feels like it's been seven years. I mean, for the past, I mean, I'm only talking about a month. I'm not even talking about a year. So 2020's suck factor, <laughs> suck factor. And make sure I said the right word, suck. Make sure I, I don't want, I don't want it to be confused because I did say S-U-C-K. Yeah, uh, we don't want him to put the explicit <laughs> sign on our podcast. No, no. The uh, S-U-C-K factor of 2020 just does not seem... To let me down, I guess. Actually, it's been yeah. to be let down. But, you know, we got to muscle through. Our glasses have to be half full, half awesome. And and keep grinding, man, because, uh, yeah, it, you know, sports is going to come back eventually. But I know you are one of the biggest sports fans I know. And uh, and I know you just like watching games like myself. It's like a, it's kind of yeah. part of our daily narrative, right? Uh, yeah, and, it is. And it's been a void. So how, how are you coping? Uh, I'm coping pretty well, you know. I mean, we had quite a bit of news over the weekend that uh, kind of carried the tide through, right? And then, uh, yeah, I've been been doing well, just kind of just trying to buy my time, try to go on walks and uh, mm-hmm. do different things, uh, watch movies, or yeah, it's just kind of how I've been passing the time uh, when I'm not at work or seeing what's going on uh, as it pertains to our sports teams or athletes in our area. But yeah, it's been kind of weird times, almost. I mentioned it a little bit in the last podcast, but you're kind of getting used to it, to be honest. Which, yeah. is, which is the sad part. It's it's like it's like wow, this like, all right, here we go. Yeah, nothing's on TV. All right. Right. It's <laughs> like, been it's been just uh, absurd, really. Um, but you you beginning to see a lot of classics. I think the uh, the other night I thought was great. They brought back the NLCS between the Braves and the Mets. And they're interviewing Bobby Valentine after the game. And yep. Chipper Jones, who looks like he could be like in an indie rock band now, um, <laughs> was on as well. So that, that's been kind of interesting because, you know, I, I like baseball. So that it's been cool just to kind of look up and be like, oh, wow, I remember that. And then the, the NYPD, FDNY hat game yep. for the Yankees and the Mets were doing that, too, right after 9-11. That was special. Um, a lot of things I'd forgotten about, you know, I, I certainly didn't forget about nine 11 and all that, but that just the yeah. impact of that game and, and how cool it was uh, and how everybody embraced what the Yankees and Mets were doing shortly, uh, after that tragedy. So it's been, it, it's definitely been interesting, but you know, we're all, we're all changed, changing as people, I think through this whole experience. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, we're, we're learning more about ourselves and about others and, uh, and this interpersonal or lack thereof interpersonal communication that we've had. Now we've gone to zoom chats and, and FaceTimes and all sorts of other Skype type of uh, utilities to, so that we can still interact with people who we are not living in the same household. Uh, but uh, you mentioned some of the classics. I wanted to talk about it 
we'll get to it a little later more in depth, but uh, NFL Network mm. airing a classic game for Seahawks fans. They are re-airing Super Bowl 48 tonight at mm. 6 p.m. West Coast time. Obviously, that wasn't a classic game in terms of how good the game was, but it was right. a classic moment in Seattle sports history, and obviously the Seahawks are the biggest thing we've got going on here in 2020 in Seattle, and I'm sure a lot of Seahawks fans will be glued to that one on the NFL Network as the They'll see their team go on to uh, destroy a pretty good Denver Bronco team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what I always think of, uh, other than the fact that that was the lone Super Bowl I've covered where I've had I've been able to cover the winner, um, <laughs> which was cool because I covered the Titans against the Rams in Atlanta, and that was like mm-hmm. the Ke- Kevin Dyson three yeah, years short. And that's then, about as excruciating a pain uh, as it gets until brutal. the other Super Bowl that you got uh, recovered. Yeah, seriously, right <laughs> up there. Um, and then Super Bowl 40, of course, in Detroit, which was like a home game for the Steelers. But every time I see 48, I always think that, you know, Bruno Mars is the halftime show. So yep. Eric, Eric Johnson and I were like, this is great. We're going to watch it. And it was phenomenal. That guy is a performer. And I said to myself, okay, well, as soon as the halftime show is over, I got to run to the bathroom. Of course, I'm in the bathroom in a line, and I did not see Percy Harbin's run back in wow. that game live. So I've only been able to experience that on television. So it's always my reminder of, Oh, I know exactly where I was when that happened. Yeah. Standing at a <laughs> urinal at the jets giant stadium in New Jersey. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later in the podcast. Not you standing not at needed. the urinal, but we'll, we'll get into the game a little more, <laughs> but we, we've talked about social distancing, coronavirus. I'm curious what's going to happen first Clowney signing with the team or the social distancing ban being lifted. <laughs> You know what? I, I think I think you you summed it up. And I don't know what social distancing podcast it was, but you, you said he he does not need to rush. He, he's in no rush to sign with a team. He doesn't need to commit to doing anything in the spring. He needs to recover nicely. He's got some bidders and people that are interested. He may know exactly where he's going and when, but yeah. he might just be, be riding this for a little bit. I think the Seahawks signed Benson – Moyea, Moyoa, Benson Mayoa, Mayoa. You know I'm terrible with names. Mayoa, I, I, I jumbled it last night too. Um, though, I, though I did figure out Ngakwe this week. The yeah, guy there you from go. Jackson. I did figure yeah. out. But yeah, I had a, yeah, I had a hard time saying Benson's name when he was here in 2013. So I'm just gonna, I just want to call him Benson. And I, <laughs> and my favorite show growing up was Benson with Robert Guillaume. So I think that's an endearing thing to say. Um, <laughs> but I, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Femi, when you said it. I, I don't think he's in a rush to sign. And, it, yeah. and it's, and clearly he's not, right? That, that, and that, that appears to be, uh, what it's going on, at least from our vantage point. You know, we saw, Josina Anderson tweeted out earlier just an update uh, early this morning on where things that I'll read that tweet right there. She said, my understanding is from Seattle's perspective, Jadavian Clowney doesn't seem quite ready to make a decision, but need to continue conducting business. Thus deal to sign defensive end Benson Mayoa. I'm told move could adjust budget for possible Clowney return. Team still thinks highly of him. So obviously the Seahawks are still trying to go about things to the best of their ability, but also kind of keeping Clowney in their back of their minds, but sure. Clowney, I mean, the stuff came out yesterday of the Jets being a bitter, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, we've heard those names when free agency first started in about a week or so before free agency, but now we finally got confirmation, at least from the uh, Tennessee Titans general manager, John Robinson saying that, Hey, we have had contact with Jadavian Clowney's agents and we're, we have reached out to his people and are, are serious about maybe getting something done. And, 
You know, obviously the Titans, the tie there is with head coach Mike Vrabel was a linebackers coach in Houston where Clowney began his career. So if there's any team in the league that knows Clowney better than the Seahawks do, it's probably the Titans with Vrabel, who's coached him for uh, for four his first four seasons uh, in the NFL. Well, as you know, I'm a Jets fan and grew up that way, unfortunately. And when when I saw their we, we we don't we don't pick our teams, Mike. It's, unfortunately, we were not able to pick our teams. Yeah, Grandpa Burke and I at Chase Stadium, I got suckered into the whole thing. But I tell you what, when I saw the Jets were involved, my my first uh, reaction was, "Oh, cool." And then my second reaction was like. I think the Seahawks should run the other way because if the Jets are willing to sign him, that means he's going to have a terrible year. <laughs> Which is, it, it's interesting that we see the Jets involved, and that might just uh. be maybe another team that Clowney is looking as a shooter to maybe bump up the offers. But because especially after the season, after that loss to Green Bay, you were in the locker room there. Clowney was saying that I, I want to play on a contender. I don't want to be on a it's bad not the Jets. Anymore. Worst coach yeah, ever. And, 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 and and the Jets, as of right now, I mean, things can, can flip on a dime in the NFL, but as of right now, do not appear to be a contender. So you get the Titans. The Titans were in the AFC Championship game last year. The Seahawks, obviously, are, are a perennial contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the Jets is kind of the random one. But maybe that could be just work from his agent of trying to get, maybe get the offers up from Tennessee and Seattle so where he gets – to go to a contender while also getting the money that he desires. Yeah, a little, little bit of that name, a, a team baiting, so to speak, if you want to call it that, yep. you know, just kind of throw names out there. It's just kind of they, – they try to dictate the narrative of the negotiation pro, uh, process by, you know, putting other teams into the mix. You know, it could be as simple as a little conversation. Yeah, I might be interested if we have cap room or depending on what we do in the draft, you know. So, yeah, uh, it's just – Posturing is that the right word to say? I mean, as far posturing as posturing is go? the right yeah, word. So, it's a, when you got a stalemate, this is what it becomes: you get a little bit of posturing and try to get some sort of upper hand in terms of leverage. And we've seen that on both sides. I mean, I guess if you're Seattle, they're clearly still holding out hope that they can re-sign him. You know, I mean, otherwise, I feel like very quickly they would try to go and get an Everson Griffin. He's a guy who's yeah. waiting right now with Clowney. I mean, I'm sure his representatives are saying hey let's see what happens with this clowny situation first before we decide where we want to go and what so you want to right get paid now, right and what you're going to ask for. Exa- exactly as of right now we just don't really know what the top of this edge rush market is going to look like and i think everson griffin's kind of weighing what what the numbers could be i mean we saw those guys the dante fowlers and those other edge rushers kind of get signed that first wave of free agency but now that things have calmed down and teams are starting to focus on the draft as they get ready for the draft here in about 21 days or so uh it's 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 interesting to see what's going to happen with Clowney and if he decides to sign before the draft or if he decides to wait this thing all the way out until training camp whenever that begins right and then if someone gets hurt right and then some team pays high dollar because they have an absolute need because you know a guy they were counting on like I, I, I know say it in particular, but like a Nick or Joey Bosa type or someone like that, that, you know, maybe yeah. a lot of teams really bank on that all of a sudden, okay, oh, wow, this guy hurt his Achilles. And I hope that doesn't happen to any player. I mean, these guys work really hard for what they do. And I, I wish every one of those guys well. That's why I always think when you get guaranteed money at the beginning of a contract for an NFL guy, take it. Get as you much as you it. can. You, your life could change yeah. in a play. So get, you know, <laughs> get, get as much as you can. Yeah, if you can. but maybe it's and one of those teams, you know, so. Yeah, it could be, it could be that or it could be a team like a Baltimore Ravens that said, Hey, we are right there. And we were the best team in the league last year. We just had a bad game in the playoff game. 
let's do whatever. Let's let's even add more. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a team that says and looks around and says, hey, we have what it takes to be a contender or a Super Bowl caliber team. Let's add to it and go all in on this year and maybe give him that one year deal for an astronomical amount of money. And maybe it's almost like a second franchise tag for Clowney. Then he's able to hit the market again next year. We've kind of talked about that idea as well. So it's it, it just takes one team is what we've said over and over. But it, at least we know from the reports that have uh, come out over the last 36 hours or so that the teams that are involved right now are the Seahawks, obviously the incumbent. And then you have uh, the Jets and the Titans as teams that are looking to maybe add uh, a dynamic player to their defense. Well, you know, I, I kind of took t- took you down the black hole of fandom that I call being a Jets fan. Now, tell me about being a Cowboys fan and them signing uh, Alden Smith yesterday. Oh, That's yeah. He's a good player, but he hasn't played in a while. He's a good player. Hasn't played in a while is putting it kindly. He hasn't played since 2015. Yeah. So he's fresh. So that's, yeah, He definitely has some fresh legs. It's interesting <laughs> to see what kind of shape he's in. Um, I'm not sure if this is the best offseason for a guy who hasn't played since 2015 to be entering into an NFL that's dealing now with a global pandemic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You hope a guy like that can get OTAs and minicamp and get all that stuff under his belt before going to a training camp. But I mean, he is as talented uh, a pass rushers that, that has come out over the last 10 years or so into the NFL. Uh, I believe he had 13 or 14 sacks his rookie season mm-hmm. playing on those really good San Francisco 49er teams. When Jim Harbaugh was the coach, uh, he obviously has gotten into some, some legal trouble uh, with substance abuse, but it appears he is clean now. And it's uh, a, a road that is, probably not easy to to go on right. uh, i've never been on that road uh and it's it's i'm sure it's very difficult but it, from what it sounds like he's gotten a lot of great help and has uh surrounded himself with some good people who've gotten him back on the right track and hey i guess it's it, the cowboys are taking the flyer on a guy that has a lot of talent so it's a low risk high reward situation we'll see how it works out for him you know it's it's, it's kind of one of those classic open box specials that jerry jones likes to go after the guys that are kind of on the market for a reason mm-hmm. and are not as much money for a reason, but maybe have a chance to possibly uh, pop and then, and, and add some, add some production to a pass rush that's looking for it. You know, I mean, they were, they were pretty good at rushing the passer last year, but I mean, you, you can never have too many of those guys. So I guess it's, we'll see. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> the short version of what I just, yeah. Said. And McCarthy is your coach. So, I mean, it's kind of, I, I, he's kind of a, a no BS guy. I don't, you know what I mean? If yeah. he's either going to make the roster or not, and he's either going to contribute. And if he's not, then he's not, I don't, I don't really see him just hanging on to a guy like that. But I mean, obviously they see something. And for McCarthy to take a guy like that, I mean, he obviously wants to make an impact his first season as a head coach. I know, I know, I'm sure yeah. Jerry has all like the, you know, yeses and noes when it comes to contracts and, and guys. But um, I'm, I'm in, I, I always like to see how those guys do when they come back. Do they lose that step? And, things like that. I mean, cause yeah. who knows how hard they train? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, and that's the interesting thing is that once training camp starts and heck for a guy like that, it's very susceptible to an injury, right? As training right. camp begins, just cause you're not, you're not used to doing those movements. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, obviously you can work out, but there's, there's a difference between being in shape and being in football shape. And that's unfortunately some of the things that he's going to have to try to work into things slowly which is going to be a detriment to him since there's no OTAs or spring uh, or mini camp, uh, at least from what we can see as of now. I mean, I would be really shocked if they had some sort of spring activity. Right. 
But it's just going to be a training camp, and that could even be a condensed training camp with the way things are trending right now with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it's not easy for a guy that's missed four seasons and is, hasn't played since 2015 to come in and just make an impact. But we'll see. You know, he he's he's a natural. He he he's what you draw up when you look for a, a, def, a defensive end, outside linebacker, pass rush type. So I guess. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Is, is the best is the best way to put it's it. It's bizarre. We'll see. Have you heard any more about how they're going to do the draft? Like any more details? Because I mean, players will be invited to take part virtually. Uh, is is it still going to be? I mean, obviously, if you have a, a broadcast like you know we've been carrying on ABC for uh, we started last year, we'll do, we're scheduled to do it this year, but. I mean, that's when they're at the draft or talking to these guys live. I mean, the the, the shaking yeah. of the hand, but you can't do any more. The the jersey, all you know, the family's there, all that stuff. Before, I mean, how how on earth are they going to get like a three hour broadcast out of that? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what they're planning to do in terms of a broadcast wise. I know there was the memo that was sent out today to general managers and head coaches just about like the two different plans. I mean, the plan is the hey, if as long as there are no like like hard, fast, stay-at-home orders um, that teams will be able to go to the facility. If Mm -hmm. not, then maybe a member or two will be at the facility and maybe it'll just be all virtual. Um, So that's all I've seen in terms of what the plan will be. I think the NFL and the broadcast partners, and there's many of them for the draft. I mean, you mentioned ABC will have it. It'll be simulcast obviously on ESPN, NFL, NFL Network. They do their own coverage of the draft as well. I think they have a simulcast with Fox, I believe, as well. So it's it's covered head to toe and there's nothing that goes unseen in terms of the normal draft coverage. But in terms of those plans, I think that all the broadcast partners are just kind of waiting and seeing what the next couple weeks, I guess will entail. And at that point, maybe they'll come to some sort of decision on how they want to cover what will be something that none of us have ever seen. It's almost going to be like a fantasy football draft with some buddies. Right. Broadcast yeah. on national television. That's going to be weird. Now, you know, it's always there's 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 a certain ebb and flow every year with what we do and the sports world. And I, you know, after the draft, and then not long after, they have the rookie camp and they bring these guys. It's always exciting this to just yep. see and lay your eyes on these guys and Seahawk practice unis and go out and like see how they measure up. I'll never. And then they bring in all the rookie free agents too that that they signed I, i'll never forget there was one classic time femi where and i love john schneider he's a, he's he's like the dude of nfl gms right dude brother all mm. that just and he does a great job but yep. um we have a stay-at-home order extended until may 4th did you see that breaking news great um so <laughs> breaking news know, on February. so it's, i think i was there with paul our sports shooter and it was a rather warm day because they came in, the rookies were there. It's maybe the third third day of, of the rookie camp or whatever. And there's this guy that was an undrafted player. I don't even remember his name. And he obviously was working real hard. And <laughs> he was about 10 feet away from Schneider, right in the field. And he just lost his cookies <laughs> oh, <laughs> next <no>. to Schneider. <laughs> and Schneider just <laughs> looking at him like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish I had a camera on that. Well, I think we might have it. So I, I don't know. It was one of the funnier. Th- I felt bad for the guy, but it was one of the funnier things I've ever seen. Because Schneider's looking, looking at his face. He's like, huh. 
<laughs> all right then you know <laughs> like you know and i'm sure they probably expect that stuff to happen i mean you think about those rookie right. camps i mean it's about 30 guys yeah. or so about like you know like 30 35 guys maybe at most and these are guys who have all been training for the combine they haven't been training to do football so they've been training to just do athletic testing for quite a bit of time that the minute they start getting back into working, doing some football stuff, it's like, whoa, this is this is uh, not what I've been working on the last right. few months. <laughs> and, and and also the fact it doesn't help that there's not that many of them. So it's more frequent uh-huh. reps that it's like, it's like, OK, now I'm really exhausted. That's what it was like when Russell came in his rookie year and they had remember they had signed Flynn <laughs> and they thought he was going to be the quarterback. I've, I've never seen yeah. a human not, and I've seen a lot of baseball. I've never seen a human throw a ball as much as Russell Wilson did in those three days in the minicamp. Just nonstop. I, I, I've never – I mean, he took almost all the reps. I don't think there was another quarterback there the entire time. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a, that's, a testament to the, that's a testament to the work that yeah, he's Yeah, baseball in, player. In terms of getting ready for the yeah. draft. and, and Yeah, he stuff. came, was ready to go. Speak. It, it, I don't know. Did you end up seeing uh, the draft stuff that came out today? Our local guy, Jacob Easton, right. he posted his pro day, which – apparently happened over uh this past down in california Friday. right and down in california yeah he's working with a uh, john beck former uh, byu mm-hmm. quarterback and uh played in the nfl for a little bit had a cup of coffee i guess is, as some may put it but he's in there for a little longer than a cup right. of coffee we'll say a coffee and a, and a dessert but yeah uh it's kind of a, the official unofficial pro day for jacob eason and it's it's interesting to see how these guys were trying to get back into after the combine and now unable to really meet with these teams. And the, but they're still trying to go out there and put pro days together. One guy who's really interesting is Savant Ahmed, who didn't run what he wanted to run at the combine. I s- spoke with Michael Sean Dugar of the Athletic yeah, over saw the weekend. That. And, he, and, he's, and he said he caught up with Ahmed at the combine and, and was, okay, he seemed like he was pretty optimistic. He's like, hey, I'll go work out better during our pro day. And then obviously you'd have not holding a pro day with, the social distancing going on and all that stuff. It's like, it's kind of a bummer guys who weren't able to compete at the combine or do the best of their ability. We usually use those pro days to better those numbers. And that opportunity was wiped away. So we're seeing these prospects try to get somewhat creative to try to uh, show what these teams, that what they're capable of as the draft is, is approaching here in a few weeks. Yeah. And then um, it's, it's interesting from that standpoint. I mean, still the onside visits and, and I remember GM, we talked about last week, the GMs were a lot of them maybe asking for more time, you know, with the draft because they, I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we do this podcast, but I'd much rather be sitting here reading your reactions and, and having a better conversation with you in person. You know what I mean? Yep. And you can talk to someone maybe on Skype, maybe it's a little different now because we can actually do video and I'm sure they're doing dil- dil- diligence that way, but there's something to actually sitting in a room with someone and, and getting their vibe, so to speak. So I, I don't know. It's, it, I think it's going to impact so many things on so many different levels that I'm, I'm just really curious that, you know, some teams overanalyze, you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe this might be the best Seahawks draft ever. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it could be, you know, it, it's because of the rules. No team really has an advantage or disadvantage because everyone's playing by the same rules. At least that's what we hope. No, we hope nobody's breaking travel restrictions or anything right. like that. But it's it's interesting because you mentioned that maybe teams kind of an paralysis by analysis type yeah. of situation. And now it's like, hey, we have the tape from their college time. 
We uh, Our scouts spoke with them during the season. They've gathered their reports. They know what kind of personality these guys are. So maybe let's, A, watch the tape and keep going back to the tape, but, B, maybe some general managers will now listen to their scouts mm-hmm. more versus just, hey, I met with the guy as well. I know what this guy's talking about versus the scouts who actually go to the college campuses all throughout the season and really have these kids pegged by the end of college football. And now it's usually when the GMs and the head coaches are just playing catch right. up, but maybe they'll listen to the scouts and rely more on their scouts and their, uh, their draft personnel guys to really kind of lead the way on this one. Cause it's really an unprecedented situation. And I, I believe some of the GMs have said that they were hoping that it would get pushed back just because of the amount of the lack of time that they have with not getting those visits in. And, I mean, I think the league is maybe seeing an opportunity to have a three-night kind of prime-time eyeball viewing of their draft. So they're saying, hey, no, we're just going to do it this time, and you guys will have to just figure it out. So I'm curious to see what type of guys get drafted high, you know, like the quote-unquote character guys. Those guys sometimes teams are willing to take chances on them. Maybe they're not this go-around since they're not actually able to sit and meet with them face-to-face. We've seen some teams, I know Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. the Oregon quarterback, they said he was able to do some uh, video conferencing with, with a couple teams. So maybe that's the route that they go, but you can only do so many of those before, uh, before I guess, you end up running out of time. So it, it's interesting to see just kind of how these teams will go about it here when the, when the draft gets underway. The, um, the, the interesting thing about the draft, you mentioned having that primetime thing and the, the kind of transition to a different thing as we – keep talking about the NFL is maybe it, those draft days will just be really good training for what we hope is that first weekend in January of triple header wildcard games, back-to-back days. Yeah. <laughs> right. Honestly. You can think about training right now. That's, that's what it is. You're getting ready for January. <laughs> what do you, what do you, I want to get your thoughts. What do you think of that, of the, of the extra playoff game or games, I guess is what well, you put it. Well, it, it definitely doesn't add a weekend. Um, it, de- I mean, it surely puts a high, um, premium on being a one seed. I mean, because yeah. what used to, used to say, Oh, you, you can kind of figure it out. Oh, maybe if we get to two, then we still don't. So, I mean, now you supposedly the two gets to seven, but what, what is that? What is that seven team? Like how dangerous could those guys be? And Hey, we got in by the skin of our chin, chin, chin. Now we're just going to beat the number two team. And those, you know what I mean? It just adds another yeah. uh, level of excitement. And, you know, the, the whole body of work sometimes for, you know, one conference as opposed to the other is, is, is often pretty close, you know? I mean, unless you have a team like the Patriots that one year where they didn't lose, right, and just keep going. Um, so for the yeah. most part, I mean, there's not many games, I guess, that really – I mean, may, may, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, you have your team that could be 13-3, and 14-2, but – I, I don't know. It, it seems like parity is kind of the theme of the league. And so I don't know if the seedings necessarily really matter as much when you get to that weekend, which is going to be a free-for-all pretty much. Whoever wins and survives, right? That That's really the bottom line. I, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the interesting part is that once a one seed has been established, how will teams kind of approach week 16 and week exactly. 17, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I mean, when it, when it comes to the weekend, wild card weekend is going to be probably it might be my new favorite sports weekend of the year. Right. To be if you're you're giving me six NFL playoff games 
three on Saturday, three on Sunday. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really get much better than that in terms of just from a viewer standpoint. But I'm interested to see the, the lead up because one of the most dramatic parts of this season might have been the week 17 seeding flip that happened in the AFC, which probably propelled the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. You know, it's like like the Chiefs were playing the Chargers. The Patriots were playing the Dolphins. All the Patriots had to do was beat the four-win Dolphins at home. They end up laying an egg, which ended up, I guess, being kind of a, a a preview of what was to come the next week. But they lay an egg and they lose to the Miami Dolphins. That opens the door for the Chiefs to then secure that bye week, which is probably the most crucial part of the playoffs in terms of determining who's going to end up going to the Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen it over the last three or four years. I think every team over the last like four years or so has has had a first round bye that's made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, the Seahawks. The, Twice, the two times they've done it under Pete Carroll, heck, the three times they've done it in franchise history, they've been the number one seed all three times. So it's like you see how crucial it is to be a number one seed or a number two seed. But now it's all about that number one seed. And it's very rewarding for, I guess, the team that was the best throughout the year, which I guess I, I, I do like that. That I mean, some people think that it might be too rewarding, but I think it should the team who was the best conference wise or record wise should having have an overwhelming advantage over the rest of the teams in the playoffs if it's to determine who the best champion is by the end of the year. So I think it'll be interesting to see, though, once a team wins the division and they're locked into those first four seeds, meaning that they'll get a home game, how will they approach mm. resting a player who might be hurt? How will they approach, of, oh, this guy could play, but we need him for the playoffs, so maybe let's rest this person or let's rest that person or especially even a week 17, let's say you're locked into that number two seed or you're locked into at least uh, the top four seeds, which is all that matters, so that you're just hosting a playoff game and it'll just go from there. But once you're locked into those, why not take week 17 and use that as your bye week? Right. That number two seed who clinches the number two seed, they know they're not going to get the bye week because now they have to play wildcard weekend. They might use week 17 as their bye week and – who knows? Maybe they're playing an eight seed that week. They rest. That eight seed ends up beating them. And then maybe they jump into the seven seed. And all of a sudden, it's a rematch the next weekend. Like, you know, it's there's so many weird kind of things that could happen based on where teams are in terms of tiebreakers and all that stuff. I mean, hey, I think your Jets benefited. Uh, I believe it might have been yep. Mark Sanchez's rookie year when they played the undefeated Colts. And the Colts had decided to rest all their players. And then the Jets end up being the Colts like yes. week 16 or so. And the Jets end up getting into that playoffs. And then AC they make a run all the way to the yeah. AFC Championship game. It, it's, it's like it, you, you could see something like that happen more often, I feel like, now with more incentive for the teams two through four to maybe rest and try to get a makeshift bye week and maybe just keeping certain mm. key players who cannot afford to get hurt, keep them on the ice to where that they can rest up and be ready to go for what is now going to be for a two seed, three straight playoff games where it used to just be having to win two games yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. I, I love it all. Yeah, that, that that's crazy. But overall, I do like it. Oh, as a, from a yeah. viewing standpoint, it's awesome. It, it, it's it's amazing. You know, three playoff games Saturday, three on Sunday, and then the next week you get your traditional divisional uh, weekend. I mean, I'm a bigger fan of the extra playoff game than I am an extra game, the 17th game. Um, that's expected to be implemented by 2021. Right. I'm not a huge fan of that. I think 16, yep. 16, I think is perfect for a league of 32. It just, it's symmetry. It makes sense. 
now with 17 it just it's just and i get why they're doing it obviously right. it's because of more money but it just feels weird to have a 17th game when you have 32 teams now it's an odd number and sometimes you might have nine road games versus eight home yeah. games or whatever you it may be that's just kind of a weird situation but but yeah no, I'm, I'm all for it more playoff games the better i think and it, it just makes for an interesting conversation i guess uh going down the Going down I know uh, I talked to Luke Wilson this week on a Skype call, and he basically was like, yeah, we're not really interested in playing in wild card weekend. I mean, for them, that that's just their mentality. We will be the one seed. Yeah. That's what we're going for. And then if we happen to not be, then don't worry about that then. But the, the, as far as how they think, you know, that's, that's what they're going for. They want to have a weekend off for sure <laughs> and not have to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it's critical. It's critical to be in – I think the last team to win the Super Bowl that played Wild Card Weekend, I believe, was the 2012 Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens. You know, it, that shows how hard it is to win three straight playoff games and then get to a Super Bowl and then have to win that then game was it, as well. Was it the Packers it's, uh, the year before? Then they won it in Dallas, Yeah, the Packers right? did it. Uh, the, 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 the Giants mm-hmm. did it the year before, and then the Packers did it the year. So it was kind of a weird stretch where you had, these wild card teams that were just coming in hot. The 2010 Packers did it. The 2011 Giants did okay. it. And then the 2012 Ravens wow. did it. And then, but so three in a row, you got it. And then since then, though, I mean, 13 was the Seahawks and Broncos, both were number mm-hmm. one seeds. 14, Patriots, Seahawks, both number one seeds. 15 was Broncos, Panthers, both were number one seeds. 16, you know, it just goes on and on. I mean, 16, the Falcons were number two seed, but they had the bye week. So it's, it, it's it just kind of gone on and on here. Uh, with teams who have right. secured the bye, obviously you've seen that last year with the 49ers and the Chiefs both being bye teams. So it's getting that extra bye week and getting healthy. And I mean, also, I think it's, I mean, you, and in the simplest form, the teams who get the bye are usually the best teams. So I think that kind of plays into that. Um, but when you have those best teams getting that extra rest in January, it really makes all the difference on top of already having. Well, I think overall, advantage. I just hope we have football. I hope we play. I, and if it gets I mean, delayed a little bit or whatever, I just – I think that could be the biggest step towards just life kind of getting back to normal. One of many things – I mean, as far as the sports component. If you if you get going with football and yeah. the plans are in place and, you know, who knows how that's going to look. I mean, it's kind of kind of bizarre when they talk about a vaccine being a year, year and a half away. So, I, I don't know if you can stuff stadiums yeah. with, with people. I don't know if you <laughs> – you know, what was 70,000 people? Does it suddenly become 20,000 and they're fit, all sitting six feet apart? I, You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's bizarre. It, it might have to be something like that. I know they've there have been talks being floating around. I think some athletic directors across the country are talking about a nine-game, just all-conference games mm-hmm. of college football season. Just – I mean, I'm sure they're obviously hoping that they can play the entire season, but they got to start thinking about what if we can't get kids on campus until late August? What right. are we going to do? So it's it's a situation where the, the the wheels are already turning. I know people keep saying, oh, that's so far out. That's so far out. We don't need to panic, this and that. But you got to start coming up with ideas now so that if we end up having to go down that road, we are prepared for it and can at least still have these things going on versus being caught off guard and then having to, just cancel the whole thing in general because you never really had it. Yeah, plan, and you know, so. it, it's not that far up because a lot of these kids stay around in the summer and they throw together, they work out together, yeah. they lift together. They aren't monitored 
by a coaching staff, but they have workout plans that, you know, they spend a lot it's of time together. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like, Oh, let's just wait till the second week in August or first week in August. And that's what's, but no, I mean, they, they, they're throwing in June. I mean, and, and just keep it rolling. And yeah. that's it, kind of like that in all sports. I mean, even college baseball, those guys go off and play summer ball, different, different, uh, you know, leagues, whether it be in Alaska or Cape Cod league. I mean, every facet of everything we do, is directly impacted and it's and it, we're all learning as we go it's totally bizarre um yeah i I saw a tweet earlier this morning from a penn state beat hmm. writer for the athletic her name is audrey snyder but she tweeted out saying that the athletic director sandy barbour i think that might be the athletic right. director for penn state uh said that after talking with sports science folks they feel 60 days six zero would be the about right amount of time in terms of how long they'd need to have football players on campus wow. to train before starting the season. So you talk about two months is what's required for them to adequately get these guys ready for a season. Cause this is not professionals, but these are mm-hmm. college students. So that, you know, they're not, they're, they're not going to be the year round peak kind of thing, like how professional guys are yeah. in football. So it's a difficult, it's a difficult game to get ready for. It's not just, all right, let me get in shape and let's go. It's like, you gotta, you gotta rep this stuff. You gotta practice. Yeah. Like any and you're, other sport. I mean, so two months, Two months is what they're saying in terms of getting people ready. So if you can't get back onto campus until August or so, I mean, you're talking about not starting your season until October at the mm-hmm. absolute earliest. So it's it, the time is it, it's a, it's a ways away, but it's also yeah. ticking very fast. And uh, I mean, June will be. Yeah, and no time. that even goes down to baseball. I mean, the big leaguers are going to need extended spring training. A big part of that's pitchers and their health and safety and ramping them back up. They're all on winter offseason training programs now. I mean, you, you got guys like Evan White yeah. doing uh, ball drills in his backyard up against the foundation of his house. I mean, that's kind of what these guys are doing. And so everybody across the board. And so if you even if you look at baseball and, you know, kids are going to play summer league, hoping for scholarships or trying to get some sort of a season in, those kids are going to need a month to get back. I mean, my son's a big baseball player. He hasn't swung a bat in three weeks. You, you, you know, at full speed, yeah. ram, you're hitting a ball, you can hit, you can hit whiffles, right? You can do something like that, but you're not going to be – hitting the ball ramping up like that unless you're in a cage or you have BP going. And so th- that's just muscle memory, body movement, and going back to Alden Smith. I mean, these guys all move certain ways. They have those trainers. They have those, uh, you know, flexibility guys, all that. None of them, nobody's getting that. And so everybody's got a like, it's a ground zero for all sports, you know, but that's interesting. 60 days on campus. So, uh, which I t- t- totally believe. Yeah. Six, six- yeah, sixty days for it was what Not they feel like before they uh, get all ready here. But but yeah. uh, before we wrap up, though, I, I mentioned Super Bowl forty eight. That's at six mm-hmm. o'clock on the NFL Network. Uh, I'm gonna watch it and actually live ah, tweet. Cool, what's look for those. Yeah, just to, I, I I I have not watched the broadcast since the day of that game. Uh, so I'm interested to see just kind of anything that I missed or if it was the uh, demolition derby that I, right. I remember it being uh, in February of 2014. But um. Oh, I want to mm-hmm. ask you about that game. At what point did you know that it was right over there? The you know, it, it was interesting because there were a lot of Bronco fans there. And growing up as a kid yeah. who had, you know, family in, in the NYPD and, and stuff like that and going around Manhattan and, and being near the city, I never thought that I, you know, as a person who lives in Seattle now with the Seahawks, that I would sit there in the middle of Times Square and see Bronco fans go back and forth with the Seahawks fans, you know, doing chants. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And I really began to wonder, I'm like, 
wow, are they going to outnumber Seahawks fans at the game? And when the, I, I thought it was over in the very beginning when, when they had the, the, the muff snap and it got really noisy in that end. And you could tell that Peyton was going to be flummoxed. And right there, it was just the beginning of that game, the very beginning Broncos first possession. I was like, yep, this is going to be a really good day. And little did we know what was 48, seven, what, 48, 43, I have a hard time with names. I can't remember scores. Uh, it's all coming down. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, man. There's a lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot going on my in the world. So we forgive Mr. you. In, in Gakwe. So <laughs> yep. I, I'm, Mayola. Mayola. I'm good. I'm good. Actually, I, see, that's why I need you here. You're like my nomenclature specialist. Exactly. How do I say that, Femi? So that, that, that's when I knew it. But that, that game, uh, uh, you know, it, it really was just something so cool to, to attend and be on the field after. And we, we have, you know, we have some confetti in the glass still here from the field. Uh, and, and what it was by far, I mean, the, 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 some of the top moments I, I've been lucky and privileged to have as, as someone that covers sports in Seattle was covering that game, the NFC Championship game the week before, the All-Star game here in Seattle, the 116 wins. But that, to me, I always tell people, Super Bowl 48, man. And, and the, you know the coolest thing? I, I don't know if I told you this. We were all – it was really kind of bizarre because what happened is they came off the field and then there was network things and they – they were all kind of going in different directions doing TV and, and stuff like that. And it was, and we could get guys in the locker room and it was really important that for Pete Carroll to get the entire team together, get everybody in there. That's what he, he had every, you know, Lane and Dave, they were all getting these guys in their room. And so finally they came together and I was staying over by Michael Robinson's locker and he was near Marshawn. It was bizarre. And so they come in and the Pete pulls everybody close together. And it's kind of something I've told the story to other teams and about moments. And it made me so appreciate Pete Carroll even more and got the group together. He said a little something and he said, we will never be separated by this moment. And the fact that like as a media group, there was about maybe 15 or 20 of us in there kind of the outskirts of locker that we were in there for that and to see that. And it really put it into perspective because these guys know at the end of every season, someone leaves, right? Someone's going to go somewhere else. And, but they will never be separated by the fact that they're Super Bowl 48 champions. And no one could take that away. And I, yeah. I just, I, that still wows me. That, that is just added to the whole experience for me personally. And man, that, that, that was something. It, it, was, it, it was special. It was, it was really cool. I, I, I hope that you get to cover something like that at, at, at some point because it's, it's, it's really neat. Yeah, no, that, that, that it, it, it's it's a day that I was in Bend, Oregon at, at the time. I just actually moved out to Bend, Oregon to start my career in TV that earlier that September. And I literally the day that I moved in was mm. week one of the NFL season that year when the Seahawks played the Panthers in that game. That was kind of an ugly close game, like every Seahawk Panther. Like game fourteen is. to nine, did um, Luke Wilson have that catch on the middle? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was something that yeah. Yeah, it was. I, there was a right, big fumble. Right. The Panthers were about to go in and score, and then there was a big fumble that kind of flipped the momentum, and Seahawks were able to kind of gut out a win there. But that whole season, kind of watching it from afar, not being in Seattle for the first time in a while, it, it was interesting to see. And then, like after after they won the Super Bowl, and then mm-hmm. the parade, and watching all that coverage, it, it, it that team really holds a special part in uh, in Seattle history. Not not just oh, yeah. history in Seattle history in general. So. I'm I'm excited to see uh, 
the game once again. Like I'll be tweeting it on my Twitter account. Just I'm not gonna live tweet everything like I'm a beat writer, but with just just some observations from the broadcast from the game, whatever fun stuff jumps out. Uh, but it'll be fun. That's on NFL Network tonight for those who get it. And if you, if you don't get it, you can log on to NFL Game Pass and and watch it on there since NFL Game Pass is oh, cool. free okay. through May. So that's kind of a cool thing that people can uh can log on to and watch any full game since uh, 2009, whether it be preseason. I have it on right now, ready to go. So, so yeah, yep. it'll be coming on at 6 awesome. o'clock, top of the hour. But, uh, Mike, I figured it would be a good time to sign off. I might make myself some pregame snacks, nice. act like it's All Super right. Bowl Sunday. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see what goes on here. But, uh, once again, uh, Femi and Ferrari, subscribe, rate, and review Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, Spotify, uh, show some support, but uh, it's, it's been Always. fun uh, chatting again, Mike. And uh, okay, buddy. See until next time. Bye bye.